Welcome back to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we forge value-driven investors on a mission to live life on their terms. No matter where you have come from or where you are going, becoming a value-driven investor is in all our best interests because becoming financially free allows us to focus on what matters most, fulfilling our purpose. Our community of value-driven investors is committed to showing you the way. With the support of this community, you are sure to reach your goals. For all of us in the value-driven investor community, there is no greater gift than the gift of giving because together, anything is possible. All right, we're back today on the Value Driven Investor Podcast, and I think this could possibly go down as one of the most inspirational podcasts that we ever have, and we just got started. And I'm not really kidding about that, because today we have Shelly Kane on, and she is a single mom, or was a single mom at the time when we start this story, who went from rags to riches, utilizing her entrepreneurial spirit, and the leverage of real estate investing. So today, I'm excited to introduce Shelly Kane. Shelly, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tim. So Shelly, you know what? I want to go back because <laughs> when you told me your story, um, it just it blew my mind because I just could not. I've never been a single parent, so I don't know what that's like, but I can imagine what it's like. Why don't you take us back to that point in time where you realize that like, hey, I'm on my own here with my kids and I have to make something work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, um, you know, unfortunately at the age of 28, I, I found myself going through a divorce and um, my ex-husband uh, left to the San Francisco area um, and left me with my three kids here in Eugene, uh, Oregon to raise them full time. And at the time, I was actually working at the local community college um, to try to make ends meet. And, uh, you know, I, it's probably no surprise to anybody that, you know, in, in education, you just don't make a whole lot of money. And, um, you know, I had my kids 90 to 95% of the time and, uh, you know, working uh, full time um, at the college, I really wanted um, a different lifestyle and, and you know, something uh, to better my kids and I. Um, so at the time, I decided to start a side hustle um, and I uh, started a wedding and event planning business. Um, so that, you know, my kids and I could have a, a lifestyle um, that I, you know, was that I wanted um, better than, you know, making my thirty five to forty thousand dollars per year. Well, and at the time, too, I would think that in your mind, you know, you're going from a dual income with your husband and yourself and then taking care of your kids to now you're a single income. And like you said, you're in the teaching business, which is not the most lucrative business. And now you have to have that single income to take care of your family. And how many kids did you have? I have three. Yeah, three kids. So a single income, uh, trying to take care of three, three kids. kids. I mean, that's that's a big undertaking. So were you doing this to just try to get more income to, to survive? Or what was your mindset at the time? Yeah, you know, it, I was living paycheck to paycheck. Um Thirty-five to forty thousand dollars is not a lot of money, especially with you know 
three mouths to feed. (laughs) And they, of course, you know, were in athletics and I had to pay for their sports. And there's a lot. I mean, as you know, life is, uh, you know, food, life, kids, it's expensive. Um, And I... I wanted to provide a better lifestyle for them. Um, and, uh, you know, it just wasn't cutting it uh, with just one job. So, so I, did you always have that entrepreneurial spirit? I mean, was that always there or was it more of a spark like this that got you to jump into that that realm? Because like you said, you said, you, oh, I got to start a side hustle. I mean, that's entrepreneurial thinking. But were you kind of forced to go into that because you were in the survival mode? Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I I feel like I I was forced into it. Um, Of course, you know, nobody's forced into anything. It's always a choice. And it's always one of those things that, you know, when you find yourself in a really shitty situation, you either sink or swim, (laughs) you know, uh, or you have to figure stuff out. And, um, and that was one of the things that I knew that I needed to do in order to, you know, provide that lifestyle that I wanted for me and my kids. So you got into the wedding planning business and did that go well for you? It went really well for me, actually. Um, you know, it was it was interesting because, uh, you know, I worked at the college. I had that 7 to 3.30 shift, you know, eight, eight hours a day. And then I would get off from, you know, that job, go pick my kids up immediately from, from school and take them around to all of their sports activities. And then, you know, of course, come home, make dinner quick and, you know, feed them um, and, you know, help them with homework and all of those things. And then, you know, as soon as, you know, 6.30, seven o'clock you know hit I was then planning with my wedding clients um you know until you know my kids I would then take a break make sure my kids were you know put to bed and then I would keep going I would keep working until you know the evening hours um and then wash them oh, hold up a second Shelly like she's she's really underselling this Tim like when, in the evening <laughs> well, wait, 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 Bob let me <laughs> let me let everybody know what's going on here so yeah. Bob Grand obviously our boy Bob Grand everybody knows he he doesn't he needs no introduction but he is married to Shelly. And so that's why we're having Shelly on today because obviously we have a great relationship with her. So Bob, yeah, fill us in. Yeah. When, so when she says, uh, I'm like a lot of people, when they think about wedding and event venue planning, they kind of think of it on a small level. Like, her business became the biggest business probably in Lane County. She did the most premier weddings, I think. And I didn't really quite understand it myself. When you think a wedding, you're like, oh yeah, like a backyard wedding. Yeah, no, no, this is like, this is like high end, high level planning. At one point where one of the weddings she told me, she said the budget was like $250,000 and they rented out this whole complex up on this mountainside. And it was this big giant venue, like massive, massive weddings. Like they take, they take hours upon hours upon hours to plan. So this is no like, you know, I'm just planning stuff, you know, on yeah. the side and I'm making a little side hustle. This is a full scale, like, and when she told me that, I was just like, but like who are you like and, that's awesome and, and then on top of that you know everything else that she and does then on so, top of that, so you're teaching yeah. you're being a single mom and you're doing a wedding event planning for like ridiculous weddings that's 10 terrible. of them a year 10 yeah. 10 or more a year so you imagine your summer with like 10 or more of those every single weekend during the summer you've got these massive ass weddings going on <laughs> you know it's crazy so actually double that but yeah <laughs> Yeah, more like 20. <laughs> Crazy amount of weddings. Okay, Shelly, we'll keep going then. So now, right. thank you, Bob, for that context. Yeah. That definitely paints a really good picture for me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, so 
I was doing well then. You know, I, I had two jobs. I was making good money, um, and I was doing amazingly well uh, financially. But then I, I started realizing I had zero time. <laughs> I was working all the time. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of time to give to my kids that extra time. I didn't. I had zero time for myself. Um, so I really needed to come up with a solution. Um, I was burning the candle from both ends um, with two full-time jobs uh, and, you know, taking care of my kids and all the stuff that goes into caring for, for kids and having a family. And I just, I had to figure out a solution because I knew that it wasn't sustainable. I couldn't continue this forever. You could feel the burnout? I could feel the burnout yeah. for sure. I was exhausted. I mean, yeah. I was truly exhausted i think something to add in there too like how many weekends with friends did you give up how many nights with friends when they're always asking you to go do stuff i remember you telling me that you're like you know they'd ask me i'm like i just can't do it you know it's like i got to take care of my kids and i got to work on this business to provide this life so i can get them to where they need to be in their life i mean that was a very common thing that you said totally yeah all of my friends i was like that that person always that i was like then, you know, sorry, I can't come. <laughs> I can go, you know, to every single yeah. of the social events or, you know, the fun parties that I wanted to go to, um, you know, the holiday party, whatever. I, I have I have two jobs and three kids to, to take care of. So I couldn't always do that. Um, and I was missing out. You know, I, I really, I wanted that. I wanted, uh, you know, that lifestyle. I wanted to be able to join my friends and, you know, holiday parties and, you know. So Shelly, at that point where you were feeling the burnout and you were thinking real estate, I mean, why were you thinking real estate was going to be an answer or a solution to this problem? So, okay. So initially I didn't even really consider real estate. Um, so I knew that I was stuck and I was trying to figure it out. And I was localizing that to my friends and to, to you know, colleagues at, you know, at the college. Um, and, you know, actually, my dean of all people um, at the college suggested that I go see this astrologer. <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, I thought, why well, yeah, not? You know, I have nothing to lose except for maybe $100 an hour's worth of my time, right? So I went to this astrologer. And it was actually the best hour and best $100 I ever spent on myself in my entire life. Um, the astrologer actually, instead of like telling me my fortune or like telling me what I needed to do or giving me all the answers, she actually asked me amazing questions, like questions that I wasn't asking myself that my friends weren't asking me. Um, and, you know, I remember her asking, um, you know, the first one was, okay, if, if you go to, because I was thinking that maybe I needed to go back to college to get a higher degree, to get a higher paying, you know, job, um, because that's what society tells you to do. Like you yeah. go back to the college to get that higher, you know, paying position and um, get your master's, get this, get that, degree. right? Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, she asked me a really great question. She said, you know, okay, once you get that higher degree and you get that higher paying position, will that will that then will that amount be enough for you for that lifestyle to be able to quit you know your other job and the answer was no like it, it actually wasn't it wasn't enough money you know it was maybe 20 to thirty thousand dollars higher but still like 
you know, now I'm making 60 to 70,000. It's, it's not a bad income, but it's, I, yeah. I wanted, <clears throat> I wanted a better life. I, I just, I wanted more than that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, she asked me that question and then she also asked me cause she knew that I owned the wedding and event planning business and that it did, you know, turn into Eugene's premier event planning business. Um, and I was, you know, touching it, you know, part-time, I mean, full part-time to full-time. Um, and, you know, she said, she asked me like, why did I think, um, you know, a college education or, you know, furthering my education would be the answer when I've already proven that I'm a successful entrepreneur and I have the drive and I have the determination and I have all of those things. Why did I think that, you know, that college was the answer? And, you know, that really resonated with me. Um, I, I and it, honestly, I thought she was crazy at the time because I myself was preaching to my kids like, "Go to college, <laughs> like you have to go to college." And you know, of course, I was a te- you know, I I mentored and taught you know at, at the college, and it, so you know, college education was really important to me, and you know, I held it in a high value. But I realized that you know, it still wasn't the answer. So um, how did you? Okay, she asked you that question, and it was like a switch went off in your head you're a teacher, you tell people like, come to, come to me and I will help you improve your position by getting a degree or education. And then you can better yourself and make more money. Right. That's what the system tells you to do. But yet she asks you this question and then she poses to you that you're already successful. What is an education going to do when you're already been successful as an entrepreneur and you realize Oh my gosh, she's yeah. right. Like, like you, you're literally, you literally shifted. Yeah. I can feel it when you just sat there, like you, your whole mindset just shifted right there because mm-hmm. she showed you from the outside that you're already successful. And, and do you need education? Because I'm guessing all along the way on your wedding planning business, you had to learn new things and you just discovered them through the internet research, whatever you needed to do to get the answers. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. like if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you better be good at research and education and reading and all these things you learn at school. You just have the drive, you know? Right. And okay. So I still want to get back to real estate because I think your story is awesome. So when, I mean, when did this real estate thing happen? Like what was the first thing you did as far as getting into real estate? Because it sounds like real estate was your thing of like, okay, Hey, you know what? I, I I'm burnt out. I need something different. How am I going to supplement income or add income so that maybe I'm guessing what your plan is, is that you wanted to get out of the teaching, keep the side hustle because you're probably doing better, making more money or you saw more potential there and then add real estate as an asset that can give you maybe residual income. Totally. Yeah. So honestly, like real estate still wasn't even in my thinking. (laughs) Um, So, so it, it, I mean, it's so weird because it does come a little bit later. um, And I realize it later, but what happened was, you know, after that whole, you know, started understanding like, okay, I need to do something and I was stuck. And um, I, I realized, you know, one day I was just like, I was researching and I, I saw actually, you know, from my mortgage statement, like how much equity I had built in the house that I bought back when I divorced. Um, And at the time, I actually bought that house more um, so that my kids could each have a bedroom and it was it was a purchase made out of um, survival and healing rather than large equity gains right so 
when I saw like how much equity was sitting in my house, even from this turnkey house um, that I had, you know, over the those years, I saw that it like it, it was double the amount that I had had put down. Right. So I was I remember thinking to myself, like, I need more. I, I saw that equity and I, I, I remember thinking to myself, like, I need more equity in my life. Um, and that was, <laughs> that's, that's a good when, statement. A really good one. <laughs> yeah. That's when like I I came up with an idea um, to, uh, you know, cause I started researching even more, you know, when I realized I had this much equity, um, I read somewhere that, you know, if you uh, purchase a house and you stay there for two plus years and you sell it, then you get to actually keep that, all of that equity tax-free. And that really excited me. Um, so what I did was I came up with a plan to um, basically sell my turnkey house and buy a shitty house, <laughs> a really horrible house in like this horrible area and everybody- Sorry kids. <laughs> this isn't a challenge. I need a bigger challenge. <laughs> All of my friends were like, are you sure this is a good idea? Like, cause it was a shithole. Like this house that I, the first house that I bought, it was not a nice house. And, um, you know, but I, I just, I had the idea, you know, to, fix it up over the course of two years. Um, so when I sold my house, you know, I, I had doubled, you know, the equity in my home. So I had about 40,000. Um, uh, and, you know, after I put the down payment, I really only had about 10,000 left to be able to fix up this house. Um, it really wasn't enough to do the whole project, right? So the benefit though, with the way that my plan, you know, was, or that I had formulated was that I was, I moved me and my kids into this construction zone. Um, and I basically, uh, had two years to be able to fix it up. Um, so I just did it little by little with the income, you know, from my event planning business, anything that I would make extra, I would just put it straight into the house and I would hire a contractor to come in month after month, um, little by little and fix it up over the two years. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So let's paint this picture. You sold the house that was turnkey, that was comfortable. You got the equity out of that house because you had this awesome idea that you were going to buy a fixer upper and it, it, you gave yourself two years because you were going to fix it up. And then in two years, you were going to resell it so that you didn't have to pay any capital gains. But not only were you a teacher and an event planner, but now you brought your family into this, what you would call a shithole. And you decided to live in there while you're doing construction and everything else. And, and her kids still talk about it today. <laughs> in the construction zones and they don't care. They can live anywhere. Like, that and I've been awesome. in construction zones with her. And I'm like, this has got to get like, we got like, I can't be doing this. Like in constant dust. You know, somebody will open a wall and bugs will come. I don't know, just like random steams, you know, like it's all the stuff that comes with it and it's loud and it's uncomfortable. Like it's not pleasant. It wasn't pleasant. Um, but I was hoping that the reward would outweigh all of those, you know, negative things. So did it? Totally. <laughs> Hugely. That's how it went down. Like, give us, give us more of the yeah. story. I'm, I'm excited now. So, yeah. So, I mean, of course, like I, I had, like I said, about you know forty thousand um, initially, and then you know I, after the down payment, I had about ten. Again, little by little, I just you know I fixed it up, and then as soon when that two years came up, 
I had doubled the money. Like I, as, after all expenses, after everything, I walked away with $80,000. I doubled. And that was like a huge win for me. And I realized this plan actually is working and this can work. And maybe I can quit one of my jobs someday. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So when you, okay, let's, let's go. I want to go into your mindset there because I think that you were definitely in the survival phase and you put yourself in a position that I think very few people would have the character or the guts to, to, to live through that situation. But what, what, like, what was your mindset? I mean, was it, Hey, you know what? I got to get to a certain cash point because then I'll be more financially free. I mean, what, what was it in that survival phase mindset that you were going after? And how did you know when you got there? Was it you got there because then you got rid of the teaching? Because was it the teaching gig that you ultimately wanted to drop that you were working hard for? Yeah, I mean, it, it was hard for me to have someone else dictate my schedule. You know, I had to be there every day from 7 to 3.30. It didn't matter. Um you know, the day I, I, and you only get a certain amount of time to take vacations. And, you know, so time was an issue. I wanted, I wanted to be free from that for you sure. You wanted to live life on your terms. Yeah. Is that fair? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to live life on her terms. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, creating so more equity. Us, okay. So tell us you, a, a little bit more about, um, like, what was it like for you as a single mom, but also a woman? dealing with contractors because i think a lot of women are scared to get in real estate especially rehabbing and and construction because of men who are normally the contractors what was your experience uh with that because i think that's important for people to hear especially women if they're out there yeah um you know honestly i i had a, a great um you know, situation where I had a friend who was a contractor and he really um, assisted me, you know, with, you know, what needs to come and when, you know, kind of like the timeline stuff. So what I did was I actually documented everything that he was teaching me um, because I, of course, like I'm a teacher, yeah. you know, I, I was learning and I needed to know for myself how to do this on my own so that you were basically building a plan in while you were in the middle of this process of like okay let's build this plan because i'm going to probably do this again totally yeah Yeah. because that was my ultimate like i knew that you know every two years i could do this right and make you know hopefully double triple quadruple my you know net worth and that's what my ultimate goal was um and so i needed to know how to do this um you know myself like how to you know what comes when and you know all of those things um but yeah you're right i mean the majority of contractors and even real estate investors out there i'm surrounded by men it's a i mean truly i'm i'm usually like the only lady in the room sometimes um yeah no doubt yeah i mean it's just uh I, I feel like though that they gave me so much respect by just even trying, <laughs> you know, just by even putting my foot for, you know, just my best effort forward. And I'm the first to admit, hey, listen, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I, this is my plan. Please be patient with me. Um, but you know, I, I really, I, I'm trying here. <laughs> she- okay, so I, I think this is really important for people because again, yeah. really from the context of a of a woman. Um, it's intimidating, right? But like when you were looking for a contractor, what, you know, 
there's going to be contractors that are going to treat you like it doesn't man or woman they're going to treat you like crap and then there's contractors that are going to be like you know what i want to help this lady because they have compassion and they have they're not just doing it to make a dollar i mean how did you find the right guys yeah so um you know it's kind of like how i built my event planning business um i uh i you don't just stumble upon you know and, and create the premier event planning business you know in, in the area you you do so by creating amazing teams um i ha- you know yeah. my leaders, yeah, yeah I, my dj like i i created you know these amazing teams to be able to execute these events the same thing went into all of these houses like if somebody treated me like shit they're out like i will never put up with anybody who will treat me disrespectfully or you know treat me like i'm you know not important yeah. or you know so it's easy to filter out those people and you just you never use them. i mean sure you might have used them for one job right. i'm i'm okay with firing right in the middle of a job like you can go i don't want you around my space <laughs> i don't want you around my space. I, I, I need the yeah. energy for sure. So, um, yeah. yeah, I, I, you know, just made sure that I hired really good people. Did you fire anybody in the middle of this first one? I did. I actually. Well, yeah. tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> there was a. Bye bye. Yeah, no, he, um, he came in and just super hothead. You know, just basically uh, was frustrated with the way that things. You know, and maybe I didn't do things in the right order. Or maybe I had another contractor. Yeah, that you're learning. I'm, I'm, I was trying to figure things out, and he was really, um, he was not nice to me. And I just told him that he could walk back out my front door. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. He's like, what? <laughs> no, I'm, uh, no, 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 I'm here to work. <laughs> no, actually, it's kind of funny. Like, um, she, the, the way contractors are, I actually think, you know, I don't want to be you know, sexist or anything or come off weird. But I think it, in the end, when she started finding the right people or when I've seen, you know, contractors work around her, she creates a really good relationship with them. And they are so amazing. Like, I don't even, I don't even think I can create those types of relationships, you know, um, with contractors that she is able to create. And, and I don't know if it's a personality type or what, but it just seems to be like a natural talent um, of bringing people together and building a great team because they bend over backwards. It's pretty amazing. So that's from cool. what I've seen. Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, Shelly. Well, that's awesome about your first project. So let's go a little bit deeper into what you're doing right now. So take us from that first house and kind of speed forward a little bit on the, uh, let's put it on fast forward a little bit. Yeah. Where did you go from that first project to where you are today in the real estate world? Yeah. So um, I've been doing this now for about 10, 12 years. Um, I'm on my Six primary residence flip, right? So every two years I've moved, yeah. you know, and then in between that, I've actually, now that I, you know, have made so much money, I've been able to then flip houses, you know, um, within, you know, three to four months time or a couple months time um, and, you know, be able to uh, do that in between um, the primary residences. And- there was a point though you left LCC and I think that's probably a good point to hit on because you were doing it every two years. And then when you left LCC, then you started being like, I'm doing this every six months. And it's just like, (laughs) kept getting faster and faster. And LCC, that was your teaching gig, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's that was the community college you worked at. 
So, but yeah, so that is, I think, probably a pretty important point to make because there was a moment where she's like, I can leave this job and leave there and just keep doing this and doing my event planning. So, right. I mean, take it from there. No, hundred percent. Um, yeah, I was finally able to leave that job and, you know, focus. Yeah. And once you then put your time and attention onto something, what happens, right? It grows. grows. Well, okay. But let's go back here because this is the entrepreneurial spirit. When you left your teaching gig and now you knew you had your event planning and you had your real estate, which was all yours. And now you were literally working life on your terms. You were building the plan for your life exactly how you want it. You scheduled it exactly how you want it. And nobody could tell you different. I mean, tell me, what does that feel like? Um, It feels amazing. (laughs) I I was able to get up. Like one of my biggest passions in in life is to travel. Um, International travel to me is like one of the greatest gifts and learning experiences you can give yourself. And, and my kids, um, you know, I actually started taking my, my kids, I was able to take them on international trips and um, be able to show them other cultures. And, you know, uh, so it was, it was amazing for me to be able to not have to ask somebody to take time off. I scheduled my own time off. I um, was able to go anywhere that I wanted, anytime I wanted. Um, if I wanted to, you know, I, I, you, you work hard regardless, right? And in anything that you do. And, um, but if I wanted to take an afternoon off, I was able to, if I needed to go to my kids's, you know, whatever event, I, I didn't feel the guilt anymore. I didn't have to, you know, I, I, it was easy for me to be able to, um, to be present, you know, with my family. Well, Bob, do you have any other questions you want to ask Shelly? Cause you know her better than any of us. Um, What's your future look like? Because I really want to know if I have to move again. <laughs> she's already <laughs> she's already got her house for sale. I'm hoping it doesn't sell because <laughs> I really like that house. She's more aggressive about. I like to have a primary residence. Like it's funny because like when we got together, like uh, and then we finally when we kind of consolidate house households, like I realized I'm actually the one that needs stability <laughs> in, in my life more so than her, and she has to worry about me. Cause if my house is turned upside down and I'm, I can't focus on anything. Like I find myself just driving around circles around the city. <laughs> like <laughs> if she's like Airbnb out our house or something, cause she'll, she's got our houses on, you know, our primary residence on Airbnb and it's a beautiful home. So we get a really high rate for it. And another house that we own um, together that's on Airbnb. And, and when all those things are booked out, you know, then we have to think, you know, have somewhere to go and figure it all out. So, but um, you know, so, Shelly, That's awesome. You guys are like the real estate team. So, Shelly, would you mind, sharing, like? you know, just from your perspective, when you kept turning and turning and turning houses, and then you started, you got rid of your college uh, teaching job or your teaching job, and then you kind of got into the real estate. I mean, in the last 12 years, what are, you, are we talking like a couple hundred thousand? Are we like, because again, I, the reason I want to bring that perspective is you were barely getting by paycheck to paycheck. So, I'm guessing you didn't have much in the reserve account. And now today, I mean, where, what did you make just to inspire other people? Yeah, I mean, I, I, so I turned, you know, the 40 into 80 and then the 80 into 160 and then, you know, so on and so forth. And time's up by six and, you know, that's about where I'm at. That's awesome. <laughs> so, that's awesome. And, you know, not only that, it's like, um, 
you know, I have, like Robert said, you know, I, I am figuring out other ways to make money within that, you know, within the real estate industry. And that is, you know, when we do finally fix up that house, um, I can fix it up really quickly and we still live there for, you know, for two years, I can Airbnb out the house and make even more money. You know, it covers the mortgage payment every month. Yeah. And yeah. so just being really resourceful and like trying to, you know, I, I love making money. Well, <laughs> and that's the beauty. See, that was one of the things when I was back, you know, and I always bring this up and they're going to hear it a million times, but I was back in my parents' basement and I was brainstorming, like, if I'm going to go a direction, like it has to have, because I know my personality, I get bored very easy. I love to discover new things. So it has to have a lot of depth in it. Like I have to be able to go deep into something and I have to be able to do a lot of different things. And the more that I researched and discovered what real estate had and all the opportunities and all the directions and all the different formulas and all the different ways that you can make money in real estate, it was like, this is it. Like I'll never get bored and I'll never discover all the ways that I can leverage real estate in one way, shape or form to make money, make a passive return to survive uh, and make an income. And that's awesome. And that's why I love talking to people like you because I haven't done, I haven't gone down that pasture and we have a lot of similarities, but I haven't gone down that path, the same path that you went down. And that's what's so cool about real estate. It's just so flexible and it's so deep and broad. Totally. Yeah. No, I, I feel very fortunate. Um, you know, and I, I love it. So it's interesting because COVID hit obviously right last year and, um, you know, it was, it was honestly, uh, event after event, because I still had my wedding and event planning business even up until last year. And um, when COVID hit, event after, it was like a domino effect, like event after event started canceling. And I went from an, you know, a packed schedule to absolutely nothing on the books. And Robert and I were, you know, talking about it, um, you know, come April, May, I was actually one of the fortunate ones. I, I got a COVID-19 um, um, <laughs> the resourceful ones. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a, co a COVID-19 contract uh, working with Providence um, Hospitals in Portland to set up all of their drive-through testing sites, right? So, but we, we in talking, we were just like, you know, when, when this is all over and when the testing sites are, are done, you know, this actually is a great time to transition and completely get rid of that event planning business because really my passion is being in real estate and um, it, it is that, you know, that area where we, if I put all of my time and attention to, it will grow, it'll blossom. Um, so I'm excited because this is truly, 2021 is truly my first year that I will be doing real estate full-time. That's so, so yeah. The future- Okay, well, let, let's, okay, you're doing it full-time now. I mean, we're going to be putting your episode in, in, you know, in our podcast, we are doing more of a timeline uh, of going from like you were like, oh my gosh, how do I survive? I need to make something work to where you all three of us are, where it's like now we're thriving and like, what's our big thing that we're going to do next, right? So that's what this podcast is. Well, in the, we're, we're interviewing you because I want to put the story in the survival phase of the timeline of this podcast, because I don't think I'm going to find a better story about no. someone that's going yeah. to go to just any degree to make herself successful, that's willing to take 
any jump out of any plane whenever she sees an opportunity. I mean, I really appreciate that about you. Yeah. But like now tell us about what are you going to do now? Now you are 100% into real estate. And, you know, the thing is, is that I can just tell with your mindset that you are not a just do one person because you can take on so many things at once. What are you going to do with real estate? What do you see? Where do you see real estate taking you in the next five years, 10 years? But then I want to also know where do you see real estate taking you when you're 60? Because that's a real visionary to me is like, where am I going to go when I'm 60 with real estate? Because look at everything you've done in such a short period of time. What are you going to do when you get to 60? Like, I mean, you might own like the Empire State Building or something. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. Domino effect. First domino. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I've just joined Grand Real Estate Investments, um, you know, our family uh, real estate investing business. Um, And so I'm going to manage, you know, a lot of the projects uh, within um, Grand Real Estate. Um, Robert and I also own, um, it's called KG Investments, um, you know, kind of our own investment business. Um, And I plan to continue to grow that and nurture that and and build, you know, more properties under that portfolio. Um, But, you know, ultimately I, I, I do have to go back to my roots, like teaching and mentoring people is really a huge part of who I am. And I would love to be able to teach and mentor other women, especially, um, especially, you know, women who want to get into investing. There aren't a lot of us. Um, and I would love to be able to uh, be that sounding board or be that, you know, person who can help um, especially a female get to the next level. Um, you know, a lot of people have excuses and uh, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person who there can't be an excuse. Like if you go for it, <laughs> you Trust go me, for I know. It, right? I mean, yeah. excuses hold you back. Um, and if you really truly want to do something, um, you know, so, so I'd love to mentor and teach, um, and even, you know, uh, young ones, you know, especially, um, females, uh, you know, to be able to, to, to be their best, um, to do their best. Um, yeah. And then of course, like when I'm 60, like that, that was the question, like, what, what do I want to do? Uh, you know, I, I probably don't want to, you know, manage a whole lot at that point. Um, you know, Robert and I've been talking, uh, we use a private money um, lender right now, um, you know, for some of our projects and I would love to actually get into lending money. Um, you know, I, I could see that being a really great thing when I'm 60 plus years old uh, you know, you don't have to manage too much except for, you know, where the financials are going, you know, all of the contracts um, that are out there. Um, that might be a, a nice way, you know, to, to kind of retire. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Shelly, I can tell you right now, it's, I mean, it's just an honor to be able to hear your story today. I think, you know what, if you want to be anything, you can be it because you have tons of drive and tons of passion and definitely a fire. So uh, thank you for being on today. It was fantastic. And I know that the people listening will uh, definitely be inspired. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we lead by giving. For more information about our community and what's new, visit valuedriveninvestor.com.
The Value Driven Investor Podcast was produced by Digital Legend Media in Minneapolis. Build your legend. DigitalLegendMedia.com.